so many of us feel like this is not for us. And a lot of that is not accidental. Um, and it needs to change. <laughs> Welcome to Hey Awesome Girl with Tibby Jones. Every week we interview amazing boss babes in tech, medicine, law, entrepreneurship, entertainment, parenting, and more about their lives, their goals, their why, in order to discover how every day they're working to add more pleasure, ease, and abundance in their orbit. This show is part business advice, part life coaching, part real talk with girlfriends. If you're looking for a show that's real and relatable, but also inspiring at the same time, this is the one for you. I'm your host, Tibby Jones. I'm founder and CEO of the creative agency, Hey Awesome Girl. I'm dog mom to Olivia, the cutest little dog on the planet. And I'm someone who used to host an SNL style comedy show with my siblings way back in the day. I mean, we still act a fool now, we just don't film it. In this episode, you'll meet Marisa Nelson, who is a lawyer and an estate planner. We're digging into all things estate planning, including inclusion in the state, estate planning industry, accessibility, allyship and legal protection, and so many other things. Even if you're someone who's like, estate planning, like, I'm not thinking about that. I don't have to worry about that. You probably should think about it. And you should definitely watch this episode as a first step in that process. Ready to dive in? Let's go. Hi, Marisa. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tibby. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, I know you. We're, um, we were in a group together. We bonded last year. <laughs> Um, yes. But for my audience that doesn't know who you are, tell them a little about yourself. What do you do? What should the community know about you? Right. Um, so I'm Marisa Nelson. I am a lawyer licensed in California, and I uh, own and operate the law office of Marisa Nelson. Let's see. We do uh, wills, trusts, and probates. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that for 10 years now. Well, I have lots of questions about that. I'm actually, if you see my eyes moving to the side, it's because <laughs> I'm pulling up all my questions that sure. I have. Um, first of all, when I first, when you first go to your website, it says something about taking care of the people, pets, and charities most important to you. I I love that idea. Um, I think it's a super help, helpful orientation. But how do you get people over that stigma or fear of death? when it comes to thinking about these things? Um, to some extent, I'm still figuring out the answer to that. Um, many of my clients have something holding them back from getting this done, often even after we've kind of started the process. And I know that that's, that's one of the possible things that, that holds people back. Um, I mean, Really, there, there's nothing that I can do to affect when or whether someone passes, mm -hmm. but I can help ensure that if and when that happens, your family has an easier time, your loved ones, your mm -hmm. you know whoever is gonna be left to deal with the legal side of things um, 
whenever it's needed, I can set you up and set them up to have it be as smooth as possible so that they can focus on more important things at that point. Yeah, I mean, you hear all these horror stories about, you know, someone passing unexpectedly and their family having to deal with it. Um, would you say that is a prime, like a, the biggest motivation for people to seek you out, trying to avoid that? Or are there other things that have people typically come to you? That's definitely a big one, if not the biggest one, uh, in, you know, slightly shifting forms. Um, often people finally get around to hiring me because um, they've been through it on the other side. They've lost a loved one and they've had to either administer an estate that was really organized and they saw like, if you get this in place, this is how easy it can be legally. The rest, you know, the grief and all that is not, I can't make that easy by any means, but the legal side was so easy. I want to set this up for my people. Um, and then another big one, of course, is uh, people with young kids tend to be extra motivated to take care of the kids as well as making it easy for the right people to continue taking care of the kids. Yeah, that yeah. actually um, reminds me. So I've been talking, I'm in North Carolina, you're in California. I've been talking to my, my North Carolina lawyer about mm -hmm. estate planning and setting up a trust for my assets, which I'll admit is hella bizarre for me because <laughs> I didn't grow up with money and I always thought, oh, a trust, that's for rich folks, which right. I am not. <laughs> uh, but as a single woman who runs a business, who has a pet, who owns land, who has mm -hmm. um, family members that would have to pick up the burden if something happened to me. I lost my brother a couple of years ago. He was 30 years old. We, we had to deal with that. It just reminds me that it's not just for rich folks or people with mm -hmm. children, but but I'm 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 here like asking you like for me and for all of the the awesome people in our community, talk to me about trust administration and how that works and why she why people should consider it. Yeah. Um, well, first I want to start off and just say like all the reasons that you listed other than being super duper wealthy are exactly the reasons that you should have some kind of estate plan in place. And, and, and by estate plan, it, you know, it might be in will, trust, healthcare directive, guardian nominations. That's kind of the, the broad term. Um, but those are all so important. And I think often it's possibly even more important if you're not filthy rich you know you know if you have one house to pass on to your kids it's really important to preserve that if that's your goal mm -hmm. um and and i think that's such an important part of it that that you also referenced um oh, so many of us feel like this is not for us and a lot of that is not accidental Mm. Um, and it needs to change <laughs> there, you know, there has been a lot of historical, very intentional, like the law is not for you. Lawyers are not here to help all of these groups of people, whether it's how much money you have, what color your skin is, what language you speak, what gender you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a whole lot involved in changing that. But I think an, 
a part that I can change right here and right now for me and my clients is like the accessibility as far as like being able to talk to the person who is supposed to be representing your most important legal interests and you're supposed to be able to trust them with all of your secrets and issues and questions and stuff. If I'm, you know, talking down on my clients right. while we discuss things, that's, that's another way to say this is not for you and, you know, don't worry your little head about this um, kind of thing. And that's not a little you know, going on. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's too much of the legal industry, including wills and trusts, that is still taking that approach to so many demographics. And, like, yeah, there's some important bits of the law and stuff. It's, you know, legal rights are important. The law is important. And... Uh, we don't have to be so stuffy and old fashioned about it to the point of like not being able to talk about it, not feeling like wills and trusts are for you. Like all right. of us need something in place and just being able to be like approachable and have a conversation about it between lawyer and client and, and like my whole firm, my staff and, and our clients is I think a big part of helping people feel like this is for you. And then now we can address like, okay, what makes sense for your situation mm -hmm. with, um, you know, whether it's a will or a trust or, you know, how, what do I need for my current level of assets, my personal situation, married, mm -hmm. single, kids, no kids, owning land or a home or, or different types of assets. Like what, what do I need for my situation? And that, that makes me think um, you have a, a section on your site that's all about LGBTQ plans and protections. So mm -hmm. obviously, Hey Awesome Girl focus a lot on women identifying and femme folk, but we're very mm -hmm. much allies for the whole LGBTQ community. And awesome. when I was reading that on your site, I was like, yes, like I've never seen, <laughs> I mean, admittedly, I'm not like <laughs> the encyclopedia of estate planning. <laughs> But that seems fairly unique for, well, maybe for North Carolina, maybe not for California, but talk <laughs> to me a little bit about the need for LGBTQ plans and protections. Yeah. Um, so legally speaking, we, California as a state, the United States as a country, um, have made a lot of progress in the last 10 plus years around um, equality of legal rights for same-sex couples um, and there's still a long way to go and it's not completely equal legally yet not to mention socially and every day and all of that right. um, so there are still some differences and I have found that a lot of at least the estate planning lawyers in California that I've talked to a lot of them don't necessarily know what those differences are at this point um, I'm part of a, of a nationwide group of attorneys and they're you know we have forums and ways to ask each other questions and stuff and someone will pop on with a really basic question around planning for same-sex couples married or not mm -hmm. and nobody is answering the question and it's a very active group so that really says a lot so wow. um so i've um you know, i dove into that area before i was even licensed as a lawyer in law school i wrote a whole paper on um the what I was hoping was the impending uh, abolishing of DOMA and uh, it it all ended up happening quicker than I had hoped right after that. So DOMA went away, which was wonderful. Um, 
but yeah, so that, that's been a passion of mine since since I started this work and even before. Um, it's, it is still important to know the legal differences. And another piece of it for me is at some point I realized if, if you're in that group or any group that is often mm-hmm. not treated well, mm-hmm. it can be a scary thing to try and find a new service provider without knowing if they're going to treat you well or not or welcome you in their office. Right. And even in the San Francisco Bay Area of California, so I'm sure it's worse elsewhere, I have heard and and you know seen words written by estate planning lawyers who will not work with same-sex couples or this group or that group and so at that point I realized I need to make this clear on my site that I welcome yeah you in my office and I will treat you with respect and I do know how to take care of your legal needs yeah that that allyship is so crucial I mean we we talk about allyship in a lot of different ways but I'm and obviously we've been in groups together where it is about economic building it is about um protections it, it, it is it's a little bit deeper than just i'm mm-hmm. gonna say i'm an ally or i'm gonna put up i'm gonna celebrate great pride um but economic safety economic allyship um legal protections like i feel like that consideration just they're just they're kind of like you were saying there's just so much room for growth Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in the the law profession, do you have any thinking about twenty twenty two and beyond? Do you have any goals as it relates to continuing this work, or maybe additional opportunities for um, just honing in on this very clear need? I'm still getting clear on what it will look like, but mm-hmm. thanks to some changes in my practice and how I'm running my business and growing my team, I'm starting to have more space and energy to think about things like that and and implement, okay, these these things are super important to me, helping with access to the law, helping same-sex couples, um, focusing more on pet planning. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of areas that I'm super passionate about and excited to do more on and they've been on the back burner for so long and that's finally starting to not be the case. So um, I don't have a specific answer to that yet, but I am really starting to focus more on, okay, here's how, how do we talk more about are the things we're passionate about and that are unique about my practice and get the word out to more folks and how do we help people better with these needs mm. okay um please please keep me posted on that please yeah. keep my community posted obviously you know how to reach me i can <laughs> share anything out that that you're working totally. on thank um, you and and with that it makes me think about some of the other services on your site so for folks like me who are shooketh when it comes to <laughs> estate planning, talk to me about if and how the DIY options on your site can help them. Yeah. Um, let's see. So um, as you just brought up, I have started offering a do-it-yourself estate planning option. Um you know, and a, there, there are a lot of situations where it's great to have one-on-one advice from a lawyer about your specific situation. And that's not always gonna happen. Like there is a need for more of a do-it-yourself option. Um, there are a few out there, I'm not gonna name any names, but um, 
I have seen a lot of problems with the existing options. Mm -hmm. um, over the years, people have brought, uh, you know, hey, I, I got this one online or wherever, will you review it and make sure it's okay? Because a big problem is what you don't know about what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I have seen a lot of glaring holes, um, you know, basic stuff, smart people. I want to leave everything to my spouse and then equally to my kids. They're going to handle all no complications. And mm -hmm. the kids aren't named <laughs> in what they've set up before they came to me. Uh, and that was like the whole goal. Right. So, um, so I've kept that in mind as I've de developed a better solution there. Um, instead of having one set of DIY that everyone downloads the same thing mm -hmm. and fills out the same thing with, you know, some amount of guidance, hopefully, um, I've baked in the really important parts of this. So if you tell me, you know, I'm a single mom, I want all of my assets to go to my kids equally mm -hmm. when they're 30, then you'll download the plan that has all of those things already baked in. Okay. So the most important things can't be messed up because they're, they, you know, this is complex stuff. It's foreign to a lot of people. It's new vocabulary. It, right. it can be challenging to fill these things out. Um, so I've minimized what you have to do that way. Mm -hmm. So you pick the plan that fits your demographic, um, you know, single parent, married parents, no kids, whatever. Right. And then all you're filling out is like, who do you choose to be in these different roles? And I've, um, you know, provided, of course, a bunch of examples and information about how you do that. Um, so on my side, I've tried to lay it out really quickly. If this is your, or really clearly, if this is your situation, this one's for you. If this is your situation, this one's for you. And if, you know, these things are true or those things are not true, then you really need to consider more of a customized plan because there are situations where DIY is just not likely to get you what you need. Um, so I've tried to be clear about that as well. So right now I do have, and, and at the moment these are all for, for California residents, unfortunately. I look forward to expanding beyond that, but that's where I'm licensed right now. Uh, but I do have a single parent's option. I have a married parent's option. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have married without kids and you know not planning to have kids option. Uh, that's where we're at so far. There's a few more coming along those lines. Um, and each of them does include some amount of pet planning as well, because I think that's mm -hmm. another overlooked area. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's important whether you're doing it with, with me one-on-one -on -one or in DIY, if, if you have furry family members, they should be accounted for in there as well, so. Yes, I agree. As someone with a really adorable dog, I definitely want to take care of if anything happens mm -hmm. to me. Um, let's shift awesome. a little bit. Let's talk about business in general. Obviously, we met through a business mm -hmm. group. <laughs> so I've we've had a lot of deep conversations in that group about challenges and wins and all of the things. So I wanna I wanna dig into some highlights and then I wanna mm -hmm. dig a little bit deeper. So talk to okay. me about some of your biggest wins in your career and what did you learn from them? The biggest like concrete one this last year and possibly in the whole 10 years that I've been doing this is joining said business group to be around other CEOs, other business owners, 
it's not something I've ever been around before and just having the support and like learning how to do things or you know that the same stuff that I'm going through all these other people are going through at the same level just normalizing the challenges along the way that I'm not just like a total <laughs> up for <laughs> not knowing how to do this right um that has been a huge win um and I think what led me to doing that and really committing there is so when I started my business 10 years ago, I was straight out of law school mm-hmm. and I had planned to someday do this, someday start my own business. I was watching the people I work for going, I, w- I would do that differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but the job market sucked straight out of school. And I think some part of me knew that I didn't really want the big firm jobs anyway, but I was in this mindset of like, well, I don't have a job, so I guess I'll start my own practice and see how that goes and learn how to be a business owner and a lawyer at the same time, because that, that sounds like a good idea. Um, overwhelming. <laughs> so in, in a lot of ways, it was what I wanted and I chose it, but I didn't really feel that I had chosen that path until um, a few years later, I did work for another firm and then I went back on my own and I worked for another firm which was they're both great learning opportunities um great people I loved uh the firm that I worked for in 2017 I was like if I'm gonna work for anyone it's these people and I realized that I am not meant to be an employee I love being a business owner but learning that and really experiencing that because I need to try things before I'm gonna believe it yeah um from there, I was able to really commit and own that, like, I, I do want to own my own business, run my own practice. And that enabled me to really jump into learning how to do that better and grow and better serve my clients. And, and that kind of opened up the, the the possibility for me to join this business group where we met and, and jump into that. So I would say kind of in the subcategories of each other, but those, those would be my big ones. I, um, I totally agree. <laughs> Being around other entrepreneurs, um, historically marginalized entrepreneurs and business mm-hmm. owners, you know, women, yeah. LGBTQ, margin, any sort of marginalized group. Uh, I came from the entrepreneurial space. I actually worked in entrepreneurial ecosystem equity for a bit and still do some equity nice. work in the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. ecosystem. And the group that we were in definitely is very different <laughs> than what I've experienced in the entrepreneur space. And it has yes. definitely been helpful for my career as well. Um, it's so huge to be around not just other business owners, but business owners with some of the same struggles and experiences, mm-hmm. um, or at least some struggles and experiences, <laughs> which I think, you know, when you see a lot of the most talked about entrepreneurs in the world, some of the wealthiest people in the world, they've had a different path and a different experience and it's just not as relatable. Oh yeah. I mean, and along those same veins, if you, if you look at, um, the joke is like LLC Twitter, where these, I'm gonna use air quotes, these business owners on Twitter are giving business advice and like Mm. showcasing their entrepreneurial journey. It's all sunshine and rainbows and Mm -hmm. lollipops and, that ain't it all the time. Nope. <laughs> so no. I know we've definitely talked about the challenges in our group before. I've 
as I said, I think it was probably on the last call or second to last call where I talked about shedding a thug tear and we were talking about the differences <laughs> between yes. thug tear and thug <laughs> crying and all that. Yes. But, but let's talk about the challenges because it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. So talk to me about it's some of not. the biggest challenges you've had and what you've learned. Well, I mean, I think the the longest running one for me was that that feeling that I mentioned a few moments ago about um, feeling that the grass was probably greener on the other side and that I was, you know, forced into this path a little sooner than I planned, which is, you know, not true at all. But like I felt that way for a little while. Um, so overcoming that and just really embracing that this is this what I want to do. I'm not meant to be an employee was huge. Visibility has been another big challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I read The Big Leap twice this this fall, and yeah. it's been huge for me. And one of the things they talk in, about in there is, um, you know, kind of four different categories of things that hold people back and prevent mm-hmm. them from really shining um and succeeding and just you know doing better and better is uh, so there's, there's four categories i don't remember them all offhand right now but the one that stood out for me was visibility um which has been an ongoing thing of like i want to grow my business but i'm also trying to hide at the same time and <laughs> it right. makes it really hard to let people know that hey i offer this great service if i'm also like you know, but did you have to come find me over right. here. Cause I'm... <laughs> if they really want um, it, they'll come to me. It's fine. Right? They'll just know magically that I exist <laughs> and I'm wonderful. Um, so I've been getting a lot more comfortable with that the last couple of years and, and really much more recently. Um, you know, if you would have told me 10 years ago or even like a year ago that I'd be excited to to do this chat with you and um you know be on video and recorded and stuff like no i don't know about that um so that that's been a big challenge and i'm i think i'm slowly uh, learning um adjusting i'm definitely not yet comfortable like doing lives on insta or you know whatever else i'm supposed to be doing that way one step at a time but um yeah visibility has been a big big challenge well, I will admit, and this is a very vulnerable moment for me <laughs> as someone who runs a marketing communications agency, like I still struggle with that. And mm-hmm. I've been doing this for almost 20 years wow. <laughs> doing marketing communications. Like I still struggle with, like, I don't, I guess because I don't want, like, I don't always want to be in front of the camera. I'm very good behind camera, very good as like a producer, a line producer. But being in front of the camera is it's still tough for me. I force myself to do it, but it's it's still tough. So I'd say, you know, give yourself mm-hmm. a little bit of grace. It, you probably won't be like, put me on coach like all the time. <laughs> but it'll get you fair. Well, I mean, I love watching you and you make it look easy. So it, it kind of does help make it a little more relatable to know that <laughs> I'm not the only one struggling with that. Oh well, thank you for, for saying that. Um, And I will add the link to the big leap in the uh, description for this video. Mm -hmm. It has definitely helped me and I've been meaning to reread it myself. Yes. Great changing. Yes, for sure. Let's talk about, um, let's shift a little bit. So part of the framework and the foundation for Hey Awesome Grow, really what we believe is around pleasure, ease, and abundance. And how do we as a company 
just build that into everything that we do, like how we operate. I'm the type of business owner and boss where I'm like, I don't think we need to work all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I run my own business because I'm trying to set up my life to be a certain way. And it's not where I'm working all the time. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about pleasure, ease and abundance. How are you cultivating those in your life right now? And what do you hope to do over the next you know, year or so? It's definitely something I am learning both how to do and to prioritize it. Um, spent a lot of time, uh, you know, working hard, like <laughs> where it felt hard and trying to do all the things myself and being burnt out is no good for the burnt out person, but it also is not great for anyone they're serving. So. I've, I've really recognized that it is so important to have ease and pleasure and abundance and that we can, which is a whole nother thing that like, that's a possibility. Okay. Why did I not know this sooner? We are worthy of it and we don't have to earn it. We can just say we want it. (laughs) Yes. And, and that it can actually happen then it's not like later, like, well, I'll work Mm -hmm. hard and then I'll have that. Like, no, we need that now and that you know it's it builds on itself right yeah. it kind of snowballs like you build in the ease and abundance now and that increases everything that you're doing Absolutely. um so how am i doing that um i i have gotten in the habit of uh and i can't take credit for creating this but um just asking myself how can i let this be easy mm. And sometimes just stopping to ask that question and be curious about it presents answers pretty quickly. Mm. When I was struggling and spinning around whatever issue for hours or days or longer. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, so just asking how can I let this be easy has really helped me. Um, And the other big one I would say is uh, Clifton Strengths Finder, uh, which I was not familiar with until about a year ago, until I was encouraged to take it, and just taking the Strengths Finder uh, evaluation and then learning more about what it means and getting coached around that has mm-hmm. been really helpful in spotting ways that I can make things easier and more pleasurable and just like nicer to do a lot of the same things that need to get done. But, um, you know, recognizing which things do feel easy and abundant Mm -hmm. and pleasurable and which things really someone else might find them easier than I do. Right. Um, and really just like learning to pay attention to that and, and working towards it instead of, uh, like not even recognizing that that was a possibility can we dig into that like i'm familiar with the clifton strength finders because of the group we were in but Mm -hmm. i haven't i took the test i haven't done much with it um i do we do on my team talk about zone of genius and zone of competence and all of that um Mm -hmm. but talk to me about how like tactically how are you digging more into your strengths or amplifying your strengths and how are you learning about that? And then what are you doing as a result of that learning? Um, so one thing that I've 
learned and noticed is, um, so I'm, I'm really high. They have like four different categories, like strategic relationship building, Mm -hmm. execution, and something else. Um, anyway, (laughs) execution, not my strength. It's, it's the bottom of the four for me. And I've been trying my whole career and before that to execute all the time, all the things. Mm. Um, so recognizing that has enabled me to, to pay attention to that when building my team and, and, um, hiring people to do more of those. Um, it's also helped me to pay attention to like how I'm doing the things I'm doing. Uh, for example, I uh, hired an associate attorney to work for me last year and she was doing great work, giving me really thorough feedback. But these emails from her were piling up. Um, she would, you know, she was doing everything great and then she would need feedback on a couple of things. So she'd send me this this great thorough email and then it would sit there and I, I would, not get back to her very quickly and we tried um doing quick zooms instead like more frequent mm-hmm. zooms and just talking because we're, we're both remotely working in different locations yeah um and that has made it feel so much easier she gets responses more quickly i don't feel like there's a whole much more execution that i need to go do and like respond to more emails which like I, I have nothing against email. I've always preferred it, and I'm slowly learning that maybe I don't actually prefer it anymore. Right. Um, and so shifting that, so being aware of my strengths has helped me learn like how to adjust that. And, you know, we try things and and see what works, and then maybe mm-hmm. shift again if we need to. But just being aware of that and looking for other ways to do things that are more energizing and less draining has been super key. First of all, that's super helpful, and I'm taking notes as we talk. Like, these, are, <laughs> these are gems, okay? Um, one, the extra information around working within your strengths and working mm-hmm. with people who can sort of like backfill things that you're not good at. Mm-hmm. But also what you said basically about being nimble, like trying things, and if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. like trying something else, Yeah, crucial. And then two, you mentioned that, oh, I've always liked email, but now I'm realizing that maybe I don't. Like <laughs> feeling like yeah. okay with your your likes and dislikes changing. Like that's yeah. rebel, like you don't have to keep doing this thing just right. because you've always done it or because you liked it in the past. Like we're evolving yeah. human beings every day and just feeling like we have the agency to change our patterns, change our likes and dislikes. Like that's crucial. Yes. And I think like you mentioned earlier that um, running a business, it's not all sunshine and rainbows and there's some really hard stuff, but some of the advantages are things like we can change those systems. We don't have Mm. to do it the way we used to. We don't have to do it the way other people are doing it. When we realize that there is a better way that your team can work with you or you can set the system like, that's like that's one of the best things about being the boss right you can decide that this will work better and and try it yeah and building in that tolerance for your team one of the things i try to do with my team they might say i do it well they might say i don't do it so well (laughs) but i try to like set the tone like let's try this if it doesn't Mm -hmm. work we can pivot or we can add something else on top of it but 
let's yeah. give this a shot. <laughs> it's not set yeah. in stone. Like we're learning together. Like we're, we, we just switched to a new project management system. Nice. And I was anxious about the switch because the switch was going to happen beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, in my Capricorn brain, I didn't like prepare all of the documentation and the video mm-hmm. trainings and all of these contingency plans. Mm-hmm. No, I literally just took all the shit in our little project management system, pasted it into the new one. First team meeting of the year, I'm like, look, we about to learn this together. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's just try. <laughs> and that's so valuable both to lead that way and to be open to like learning with your team. It's like the switching from email to Zoom, like I was just talking about, I'm a little fuzzy on exactly how that came to be, but I'm pretty sure that my employees suggested that mm-hmm. probably more than once before I was like, yeah, you're right, let's try that. Um, and it's working better for both of us. And you know, it's just so important to to learn from your team and, and, and like lead by trying things together sometimes as well. For sure. Um, let let's uh, let's go back to like Marisa of ten years ago, or even younger. Sometimes I'm like, Tiffy of one year ago needed this information. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. One month ago. <laughs> right. One month ago. Last week. <laughs> um, so, what advice as a business owner uh, who's growing and thriving and learning and feeling comfortable in probably many more ways than you felt in the past. What advice would you give to your younger self? <sighs> so much. <laughs> uh, let's see, you can narrow it down. Um, I mean, a huge one that has been so key this last year or two is hiring. Um, delegating like growing a team if I had it's so easy to get stuck in this well I can't afford it I'm not bringing enough to pay myself yet how am I going to pay a team as well um and that's that's all valid and there's a certain point where you're not going to grow and bring in more money until you delegate some more things and whether it's contractors employees like whatever it is you need help with um I wish I had realized that a lot sooner because uh, I definitely would have grown more quickly and and been happier sooner and and mm-hmm. just like offered better services and run my business better and just yeah that's probably the number one thing that I wish I had known and it, you know it's I think we all we gotta like really learn these things so it's very possible you could have like pounded that into my head ten years ago and I wouldn't have got it but I had to, to learn as I went but that's right. the biggest thing I wish I would have learned sooner and. Um, I just got to keep reminding that because even now it's um, I'm in the process of of hiring again and it's still a little bit scary to, you know, I I would never want to hire someone and then not be confident in being able to pay them um, as well as the rest of my team and myself. And um, yeah, I think there's a leap of faith there. (laughs) For sure. It's a big bet on you that you can make this happen for other people, which is at least for me. I'm, uh, I don't want to yeah. speak for you. I can speak for myself and for say sure. like that's scary. Like making that an expensive bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really expensive bet. Yeah, and I really see it as like I'm taking on someone that I they're they're gonna take care of my me and my business, but I'm taking care of them. Like you know, once you bring in an employee 
you're, you can't just <laughs> just let them like, well, you know, if I can't pay you or I'm a terrible right. boss. Like, no, I've, I, you're, you're going to be part of my team and I need to make sure that I can take care of you. So that adds a little bit of weight to like, how's that going to work out? But like, it will, I need more help and that's, that's the next step. So it'll work out. Yeah. And I would say for anyone watching or listening that's like well I can't afford to hire anyone you know maybe you can't have an employee but maybe like Marisa said you can have a contractor and if you can't mm -hmm. afford or you're not at the point right now where you can bring on a contractor look at software look at automation mm -hmm. there are lots yes. of free ways out there you can make your life easier mm -hmm. whether it's you know reminder apps or if this then that like there's so many ways you can kind of build up yes. to having a team member but in yes. the interim use technology as like your additional team member i would say yeah yeah and there's different levels both of technology and hiring like it can be five hours a week and that right. can be huge mm -hmm. um and that was another mental block for me to get past too like it's not black and white it's not both extremes like zero mm -hmm. or 40 or 40 hours a week it's anything in between if you need help with this one thing a little bit a lot you can find somebody who's happy to have that much work and yeah and it and it will bring in the money if you know be a little strategic about it but mm -hmm. like what do i need help with next that will help bring in more money and that's how you afford the software or the person or the employee Fabulous advice. Um, all right, let's let's wrap up. Anything else our audience should know about you and where can they find you? Uh, let's see. Well, um, my website pretty much has all the info, marisanelson.com, M-A-R-I-S-A-1-S, nelson.com. Um, yeah, I'm Wills and Trusts, based in San Carlos, California. We help people throughout California uh, through zoom and email and all that good stuff and yeah i welcome questions love it thank you marisa for being on the show today super helpful for me as someone that's starting this this process just even if you're not there yet i'll say for anyone listening or watching just yeah. getting a tolerance for hearing about it and and talking to or, or hearing from smart people like marisa who know about this just just start absorbing the information eventually you'll you'll get ready for it but it's definitely definitely crucial um especially when you think about the people that you'll leave behind and just how to make things yeah. a little bit easier for them while they're dealing with the grief of your passing so thank you marissa for being Absolutely. here today thanks for having me in this episode, we talked about a lot of great things that I know I'm going to revisit for myself. One is allyship in legal protection. Uh, two, The Big Leap, which is a book that I highly, highly recommend. I'll add a link to it below this video. The difference between let it be easy and how can I let this be easy? There's a subtle difference and it relates to like, what are you going to do to let things be easy or to make things easy for yourself? So many other gems. I think what I want to leave you with today is the idea of amplifying your strengths and working within your strengths and finding people to support you who have strengths that are different than yours, that complement yours. And so I want to ask you, how are you 
restructuring your life, restructuring your business, restructuring your day and what you do in order so you can work more within your strengths and your zone of genius. If you have an answer to that question, please share it below in the comments. You can also start a conversation with us on social media. We are Hey Awesome Girls across all platforms. Once again, I'm Tivy Jones, founder and CEO of the creative studio Hey Awesome Girl, recording from my home office. As a reminder, Hey Awesome Girl's social mission is to empower and celebrate women, especially women of color. We believe digital entrepreneurship is a resource to help women gain confidence, to close racial gender wealth gaps, and to provide a means of freedom for women all over the world. As we like to say, empower women, empower women, and that is exactly what we're trying to do with this show. I hope you will stay tuned and keep following us for the next episode. I know it's going to be a good one. Until then, make sure you subscribe on all video and podcasting platforms. Please share this video with someone who you think might find it helpful. And please also visit our website, heyawesomegirl.com to sign up for our email list and to get other goodies from us. Until next time, bye for now, but do not forget to be awesome. So it's me again, just jumping back on to share a special resource with you. So I know I talk a lot about our pleasure, ease, and abundance framework that we use at Hey Awesome Girl, but maybe you aren't quite sure what that means and how you can incorporate that into your life. Well, we have a free resource for you that can help with that. It's our pleasure, ease, and abundance playbook. In this playbook, I outline the nine elements of pleasure, ease, and abundance you need to consider to help you create a life that is fun, fabulous, and free. I walk you through journal prompts, I share resources, and give you some actionable steps you can take to get you further away from stress, exhaustion, and being broke. To download this free playbook, go to heyawesomegirl.com framework, enter your email address, and we'll send it right over to you. That's heyawesomegirl.com slash framework to download your free playbook today.